Andrew Tate, who is this wildly influential figure? Why is everyone talking about him? What is the truth about him? Is he a victimizer of women or is he a victim himself of the matrix, of the mainstream media, of the progressive elite zeitgeist? Should conservatives be defending him? Should we take the true things that he says to heart? What is really going on beneath the surface? That's what we're going to get into today. We'll also look at the Romanian charges, the things that he has actually said about himself, and what I think is the biblical response to someone like Andrew Tate, who has appealed to a very large number of young people. We'll get into all of that and more today. This episode of Relatable is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Tuesday. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week so far. Okay, yesterday at the top of the episode, I said I was going to talk about two different things. The false dangerous messages I think men are receiving from the likes of people like Andrew Tate, and then the false toxic messages that I think women are receiving. But this, in our research, has turned into mostly just an Andrew Tate episode. It's not because I don't have a whole lot to say to women and about women. I have a lot more to say about that, actually. It's why I wrote my book, You're Not Enough, and That's Okay. It's about the toxic message that I think women receive and so thoughtlessly sometimes imbibe that actually destroy us, destroy our relationships and all that. So I have so much to say about that, but we just don't have time. Like, we don't have time to do both, and I can't give justice to that. So maybe we'll do that tomorrow or maybe we'll do that on Thursday. Just kind of depends on how everything we have scheduled shakes out and what else happens this week. I will do some kind of part two that specifically addresses the toxic messages that women receive. But because so many of you really have no idea who Andrew Tate is, or you didn't know who Andrew Tate was until you saw the interview with Tucker Carlson, I wanted to kind of shed some light on that because I didn't really know who he was either until, I don't know, Maybe a year ago, I started seeing conflicting ideas about who he was, even on the right. I saw some people on the right say, oh, Andrew Tate is just a victim of big tech censorship. He's a victim of, uh, uh, you know, progressive propaganda. And he's saying things that are true. They're trying to stifle his voice because he is an advocate for masculinity and responsibility and individualism and hard work and all of these things. And then I saw other people on the right saying, no, this guy is a scumbag. What are you talking about? And I really didn't know. I didn't know what the debate was. And so if you are like I was about a year ago, totally unfamiliar with who Andrew Tate is, maybe you've seen some of his videos go around. They regularly go viral on Instagram, Twitter, etc. Um, I think even uh, some people repost his stuff on TikTok and you're thinking, okay, he says some things that are legit. He says some things that a lot of people are scared to say that are true. And then maybe you saw the Tucker Carlson interview and you said, wow, the matrix or the left or the globalist elites, whatever you want to say, they're really trying to go after this guy. Maybe you feel like with false allegations because they're just trying to silence them and make men weak and prevent people from thinking for themselves and providing for themselves. 
Um, I want to shed some light on who Andrew Tate is. And I don't know everything. He has a very large digital footprint, but I'm going to tell you who he is, the kind of messages he's conveying, why I believe he has become so incredibly popular with young men because he has, and we'll look at some of the data on that. And some of the charges that he's facing, some of the things that he's said, and why I don't believe that Christians, professing Christians, should have any part whatsoever in elevating Andrew Tate in anything that he has said. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, yeah, duh, obviously we shouldn't do that. The guy is completely depraved, but you would be surprised at how many Christians uh, don't realize some of the things that he has done, some of the things that he has confessed to, uh, what he actually represents, the moral rot that I think that he really symbolizes and demonstrates. And you will see a lot of professing Christians go to bat for Andrew Tate and the ideology that he espouses. And I'll give you some examples of that. So I just want to give you as much as I can uh, an accurate picture of what he is, convey the messages that he has conveyed, um, but then also try to give you a biblical perspective of just why, at least for the Christian, this is wrong. I can't really speak so much to the secularist out there because, you know, moral relativism is a tenet of secularism, and I can't speak to that. But for those of us who believe in objective truth, those of us who believe in God, that we were created by a supreme and sovereign being, the triune God specifically, that sent his son Jesus to die for us, if we believe that the word of God is a standard, then we have to compare things that Andrew Tate says and does to the word of God, right? Now, no matter what your religious beliefs are, though, I can guess that you probably will take issue with at least some of the things that Andrew Tate um, has said and done. And I know, I know, I can, I already know after this episode, I am going to get the comments that I've received over the past few days since I started talking about this, calling me a man hater, calling me a misandrist, saying that even as a Christian conservative, that feminism has infected my mind and I'm a female supremacist and that I'm a closet feminist and that I just want to, you know, make men weak and emasculate men, all of that absolute nonsense because <laughs> I am not a fan of someone who has something called a pimpin' hose degree. I, I know, I understand that you're going to be upset. You're going to say I'm taking it out of context. You're going to say that I don't really understand. You're going to say that underneath all of this, I just have the same feminist bitterness towards men as women on the left do, which of course is absolutely absurd. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. Anyone who has listened to me for any amount of time, anyone who has watched me, anyone who started following me after I did that viral PragerU video, which was the, it might still be, it's probably in the top five most watched PragerU videos of all time. And that says a lot because their videos have routinely get millions and millions of views. It was number one for a while. And then I think it got bumped by some other videos, but they're five minute videos uh, that they do. And it was titled, I think it was make men great again, or make masculinity great again, where we talk about the importance of masculinity to society, that fatherhood, that present fathers, present dads, strong men are central to cohesive, strong societies, that there is something unique, uniquely necessary about kind and strong and responsible masculinity to families, to communities, to societies, to nations, 
to the world. Um, there is something very powerful about men that women simply don't have. Uh, femininity is really important. It's really beautiful. The complementary relationship between masculinity and femininity is a necessary dynamic for the health, again, of any family or community or society. Um, and masculinity in particular has this unique capacity to build up and destroy in a way that I'm not sure that even strong femininity does. And so I, I love men. I think that men are really necessary. Um, but I am just as against the emasculation of men um, as I am against, or I'm just as against this kind of what I think is um, a dumb and destructive form of masculinity that we're about to talk about today as I am the emasculation and the weakening and the demonization of men. So that's why we're having this conversation. It's important for Christians to understand the uh, discussions and debates that are being had and to try to approach them as humbly and as biblically as we possibly can. Uh, let me go ahead and pause. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day before we get into it. And that's a new sponsor. I'm super excited about it. So many of you guys have been sending me the video uh, that they put out kind of uh, announcing who they are, introducing themselves to the world. And that is Every Life. Every Life is a uh, diaper company. It is an unapologetically pro-life diaper company. Um, and a lot of you, especially in Pride Month, were super disappointed. The diapers that you buy, uh, they supported, you know, all of this crazy, progressive a sexual revolution madness on their social medias and you just don't know who to support. Well, this can be a great alternative to you. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft diapers and wipes that protect and celebrate every precious life. Every Life is creating a community for pro-life moms and dads. They're also giving you the opportunity through, uh, through their program, which is... Um, which is buying for a cause. Their buying for the cause program allows you to buy diapers and then contribute um, part of the proceeds to pro-life organizations. And this is just a, a nice pro-life alternative to some of the diaper companies that ironically and very darkly are actually contributing to the cause of abortion. Go to everylife.com, use promo code ALLY10 to get 10% off your first order today everylife.com use promo code ally10 to get 10% off everylife.com code ally10 all right let's get into this so who is andrew tate some of you really have no idea which is okay like <laughs> your life isn't really affected by who andrew Tate is, except that he does have a lot of influence. He has a lot of influence, particularly over teenage boys. So if you have sons or you have daughters, it really doesn't matter. I mean, they're going to be interacting with each other. Like you should understand who Andrew Tate is as a response to the secular feminism that you and I um, do oppose. We also need to see that the flip side of it or that the polar opposite of it, perhaps, if you could even call it that, the foil to that is not necessarily better. So Andrew Tate, he was the most Googled man in the world in 2022. He is a former professional kickboxer who began posting advice to young men online about 10 years ago. Apparently, one of his main messages is this. Men want respect most of all. 
and in order to get it, they must be worthy of it. A decent mantra, right? Um, He was apparently raised a Christian. He has since very recently converted to Islam and has also celebrated the Islamification of places like London in the West. Um, He operated something called Hustlers University. It was a platform where members paid $49.99 a month. That's the membership fee to receive instruction on ways to make money outside of traditional employment, such as cryptocurrency, copywriting, e-commerce. Uh, Tate became highly prominent in 2022 by encouraging members of Hustlers University to post large numbers of videos of him to social media platforms in an effort to maximize engagement, his engagement, their own engagement. Um, As of August 2022, its website had amassed over 100,000 subscribers. That same month, the Irish American Financial Services called Stripe pulled out of processing subscriptions for the platform and Hustlers University had to shut down its affiliate marketing program. So of course, a lot of people saw this as victimization of Andrew Tate and the demonization of his message of responsibility and individualism to men. Uh, Hustlers University was accused by many of being a pyramid scheme. Tate launched a rebranded version of the program called The Real World in October 2022. So quick turnaround there. Tate also operates a private network called The War Room, which is advertised as a, quote, global network in which exemplars of individualism work to free the modern man from socially induced incarceration. So the idea there is that men have basically... um, They've been uh, degraded, they have been disrespected, they have been limited and trapped by um, society, by a world that now hates their strength and hates their leadership and hates their voice, hates their influence. So Andrew Tate is someone who has kind of placed himself on the front lines Um, of pushing back against what he calls the socially induced incarceration. Um, According to BuzzFeed, Andrew Tate's now deleted $450 pimp and hose degree. And this is not just BuzzFeed. He said this uh, on tape. It's called the pimp and hose degree. PhD video course was first launched on his website in 2018. Then it was later removed in 2022. In it, the influencer um, era, he offered step-by-step instructions on how to build an Instagram account to contact women and have sex with as many of them as possible. Or as Tate calls it, how men can go from having no access to women to becoming a player, according to BuzzFeed News. In 2017, Tate removed from what well, moved from the United Kingdom to Romania. He said, according to Forbes, that it was because he liked, quote, living in countries where corruption is accessible for everybody rather than just a few people. And then fast forward, I'm going to dig back into some of his past too, but I'm just kind of giving you an overview first. Fast forward to December 2022, Tate and his brother Tristan were arrested in Romania along with two women. All four were suspected of human trafficking and forming an organized crime group, according to the BBC, Romanian... Police allege that the group coerced victims into creating paid pornography for social media using various methods, including something called the lover boy method, which we'll get into in a little bit. In March 2023, all four were moved to house arrest while the investigation continued after being held in custody since their arrest. In June, they were charged with rape, human trafficking, and forming an organized crime group to sexually exploit 
women. Tate and his brother deny these charges. Uh, let's back up a little bit and understand more about who he is and why he is so popular, how he got so popular. So as I said, he was a kickboxing champion. Then he first came to prominence um, when he appeared on a reality show called Big Brother in 2016. He came under scrutiny for making quote unquote homophobic comments on Twitter. And uh, he said, he said, for example, they are teaching gay issues to seven-year-olds by law. A pure homosexual cannot reproduce, so they need your children for new partners. Okay. Uh, and then he said apparently some rude things about uh, some celebrities. So you're starting to see why, um, based on some of the things that he says, why he would be attractive to some conservatives. Uh, he was not removed for like the rude comments. He was later removed from the show because a national newspaper in the UK was about to publish a video of him, quote, hitting a woman with a belt. That's according to the BBC. Uh, he claims the girl in the video was his friend and they were joking, but he was still dismissed from the show. Uh, he received more backlash and attention in 2017 when at the height of the Me Too movement, he tweeted that women should bear some responsibility for being sexually assaulted. Those tweets have now been deleted. He was an ardent supporter of then-President Trump, gained a following in quote-unquote, according to NBC, far-right pockets of social media. He met with Donald Trump Jr. at Trump Tower in August 2017. He's built a following online by posting YouTube videos and appearing on podcasts, including Alex Jones's show. Um, that's according to the New York Times. So how much influence does Andrew Tate really have? It's actually amazing. I think about this all the time that I'll randomly stumble upon people. Uh, I'll randomly stumble upon uh, you know, influencers or something on social media that are rec recommended to me by Instagram. And I'll see that they have like 4 million followers. And I've never heard of them before. The earth is very big. So if you've never heard of Andrew Tate, that does not mean that he doesn't have influence. It's not just a friend. She has a lot of influence. And there are many, many famous people who have a lot of influence that you and I have never heard of. He has about 7.2 million followers on Twitter, about 1.5 million followers on Rumble. He was uh, kicked off YouTube uh, around the same time he was kicked off TikTok and uh other platforms in August 2022, he apparently violated their terms of uh, service. And uh, they said that, you know, he posted things that were misogynistic and promoted violence and conflict and all of this stuff. And so, again, you can see how conservatives who are also routinely kicked off these platforms very often for just saying things that are controversial, but true, like you can see how he is starting to build himself up or has built himself up over the past several years as some kind of champion of conservatism or at least hetero heterodox ideas or unpopular truth. Uh, he was permanently banned from Twitter as well in 2017, but he was reinstated recently by Elon Musk. Um, and he's also said that he tries to stir up controversy in the things that he says, because that helps people, you know, that helps him go viral, that helps other people go viral, get their message across, whatever. The New York Times described a now banned video uh, in which Mr. Tate recorded uh, in, in which he said that he keeps a machete by his bed and, uh, what he would do if a woman accused him 
of cheating. Uh, it's bang out the machete, boom in her face and grip her up by the neck. Yeah, I've seen that video. So that's part of the stuff that was getting him banned. Like very often when we hear the left saying things like, oh, misogynistic, whatever, we're like, okay, yeah, they might have said something true about feminism that's being labeled as misogynistic and censored. But this is like one example of him seemingly, whether you think he was joking or not, encouraging violence towards women in like a very graphic way. Uh, by August of last year, videos of him on TikTok had been watched more than 11.6 billion times. Wow. He is also very popular with teen boys. Now, this is from The Independent. And so they're looking at boys in the UK. Uh, he is British. And so uh, that he has more influence there. A 2023 survey conducted by Hope Not Hate. It's an anti-extremism UK advocacy group. I'm not sure if they have the same progressive political leanings as a lot of these so-called anti-extremism nonprofits uh, you know, have here in the United States, but they found that eight in 10 British boys aged 16 and 17 um, had consumed hate's content. 45% uh, of British boys had a positive view of him. When probed about what they like about Mr. Tate, most said they thought Mr. Tate wants men to be real men and that he gives good advice. Now, I've talked to plenty of you on, uh, I've talked to plenty of you on Instagram after I've posted about Andrew Tate. You're a teacher, you're a mom, you're a counselor, you work with teen boys and you have found that he is very popular among teen boys, that a lot of them are influenced by his ideas and how they think about relationships, how they think about money, how they think about themselves and success and women, um, that these things are heavily influenced by people like Andrew Tate. Uh, the research by the Center for Countering Digital Hate, again, you know, there could be some bias there, argues that Tate's popularity was not so much a product of today's young men and their views, but really Tate's expertise in gaming the TikTok algorithms. I wouldn't agree with that. I think people on the left do not understand why someone like Andrew Tate has any appeal whatsoever. And I do. I do understand why he has so much appeal to these young teen boys. Um, and we'll get into that in just a second. Let me pause and tell you about our next sponsor for the day. And that is Good Ranchers. All right, you know them, you love them. Hopefully you get your meat from them. It shows up at your front door every month on dry ice. You can get craft beef better than organic chicken, seafood. This is all American. Sustainably sourced, ethically raised, really high quality stuff, all from American farms and ranches. Good Ranchers, another company that shares our values. They stand on our principles and uh, they use the success that they have gained to fight for the things that you and I are fighting for. And they just really love this country. That's why they want to support American farms and ranches. And I love all of that, but I really love that it just makes my life easier. It makes my life healthier too. It's one less thing that I have to worry about when going to the grocery store. Plus, here's a cool thing. If you subscribe and you get that box of meat to your front door every month, they lock in your price for two years. So unlike everyone else, you don't have to worry about inflation, the rising cost of meat in the grocery store. You're probably getting meat that is not actually from U.S. farms and ranches. It's just manufactured here. So you might as well just get your meat from Good Ranchers. It's a win all around. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Alley at checkout for $30 off your box. Uh, use code Alley at GoodRanchers.com 
for $30 off GoodRanchers.com code Allie. All right. So the appeal of Andrew Tate is that he says things that are true. He says some things that are true. And so I want to play you some clips of him saying things to give you an understanding of why people on the right who claim to be traditional, who claim to be against degeneracy, who claim to be against immorality, who claim to be against, you know, sexual promiscuity and um, all of these anti-traditional things that we see glorified in our society, why they would simultaneously kind of like, or at least have a nuanced and complex respect for someone like Andrew Tate. So one of the things that he talks about a lot, obviously, is masculinity. This is an interview um, between uh, from uh, between him and Pierce Morgan from December 2022, in which he talks about masculinity. All these people who talk about toxic masculinity and how bad it is for men to be traditionally masculine. A traditionally masculine man does things he doesn't feel like doing because it is his duty to do them. He charges into the building because it is his duty. Not because he feels like it, because it is his duty. We're now teaching the new generation of men that they don't have duty and they can just act on their feelings and act how they feel and they don't have to act as a man should. Do you know what happens when you get men who just act how they feel? You get school shooters, you get violence, you get rapists. Men who do not control their emotions are dangerous. If you find a man who is stoic, he's not going to hurt people. He's going to sit and think about his actions very carefully, and he's going to be a good man who protects for and provides for his family. You find a man who just acts out on impulse and does whatever he feels like, you're going to find a dangerous man. Okay, that's true. I mean, the Bible speaks to the importance of self-control, that a man without self-control, a person without self-control is like a city without walls. You become very vulnerable. Um, and so you hear what he said there. It sounds moral. It sounds good. It sounds like exactly what you want a young man to hear, that you don't just act on how you feel, that you actually have a responsibility. You're actually called to something higher. You're actually called to self-restraint. He also says this, he has tenets, tenets of Tate on his website. Uh, he says, I believe that men have the divine imperative to become as capable, powerful, and competent as possible in this life. Okay. Great. We like masculine strength. That's a good thing. He also talks about responsibility, hard work, uh, discipline. This is from a podcast uh, appearance in which he talks about the importance of just doing the right thing rather than acting on some kind of feeling of motivation. People who train every day don't want to train every day. They are not motivated to train every day. They are something else. Motivation is the wrong word. They are not motivated. They are disciplined. Andrew, are, Andrew, are there ever days where you don't feel like working out or you don't feel like doing work? Every day, I don't feel like doing things that I still do. It's called discipline. It's called being a man. It's not about feeling like doing it. So again, another good point. Um, he also, he talks about the importance of, um, exercise. You kind of just saw that in that you can probably tell as a kickboxer, as someone who is very in shape, who, you know, obviously works out a lot. He talks about the importance of physical strength. He's tweeted, um, again, kind of the same idea that working hard little by little over time takes discipline, but it also really pays off. Um, and then he's also talked about, you know, the danger of preying upon kids with progressivism, drag queen story hour, things like that. So here he is saying, you know what, you need to leave the kids out of that. What do you think of transgenders going and reading nursery stories and from and playing Leave the school? kids alone. If you want to chop your off, I have nothing against that. I'm not anti-gay. I'm not anti-transgender. I'm not anti any of these things. What I'm, what I am anti is propagating your worldview on other people's children. 
If you're gay and you can't have kids, why do you now believe it's your right to go to other people's kids and tell them how to think? If you've decided that the type of sex you want to have will prevent you from recreate, from procreating, that's your decision, right? You've decided that having sex with women isn't worth it for you. You don't want to have children. You want to have sex with men. Fine, your decision and you're entitled to it. That does not give you the entitlement to go to other people's families who did decide to have children and raise them and try and program their children. Leave the kids alone. I mean, a lot of people hear that and they think, wow, that's a different way to say it because he says things in a very forthright way and in a way that is a little different and more unique than how other people are saying it. Um, he also has things to say about God and the importance of believing in God and religion and how not believing in God leads to the breakdown of society. So here he is with that analysis. If you remove God from society completely, if you click your fingers and he's gone, if you completely remove religion from earth, you'll see the devil appear pretty quickly. You'll, you'll see mass breakdown of society. Yeah. You'll see crime. You'll see rape. You'll see murder. You'll see theft. And then you'll understand that God is a real force. After that, he is talking about Islam. He's a Muslim. You can just consider every single country that is dominated by Islam. And you can just compare that reality also to what he just said. Um, but nevertheless, like if someone is listening to that and they're not thinking about like what Islam has actually like what Islam actually looks like and how it manifests itself in the world, you could hear what he said, and that sounds Christian. Like, it sounds biblical. It sounds true. Um, he's also talked about things like uh, how, you know, climate change is a hoax, which is something that a lot of conservatives believe. Here he is on that. If you're going to sit there and tell me that I need to give more money to the government to stop the sun from being hot, I'm going to argue with you that I'd rather keep my money. Thank you very much. Yes. So... This is the problem with all these issues. It's nearly anything. When I argue against some people, like, you don't care about the issue. I do. But you're not smart enough to understand that the legislation around this issue is so large, it hasn't even been read by most of the people voting for it. Yeah. And there's something in the middle of it which is going to damage every single person's life, which has nothing at all to do with the issue itself. And most people don't understand that. So you can see, okay, here's one more. Here's one more. Uh, you can see, I mean, how he is appealing to a lot of conservatives. Here he is talking about feminism. We are the most beautiful union that God has possibly created on the planet. A, ma a feminine woman and a masculine man is the most beautiful union that can possibly exist. It raises children the best. It, both parties are happier. Both parties gain. It's a net positive for everybody. There's no negative. There's no downside. But if you destroy one side of the equation, then the other side is going to be completely and utterly miserable and unhappy. So I think what he's talking about there is that feminism has destroyed one side of the equation. And so that complementary union, that relationship, that dynamic that we're supposed to have um, is not going to is not going to be there. So he says a lot of things that I would agree with that I think are true, that I think at the very least are interesting, that a lot of people are simply unwilling to say um, and the left has pushed back against a lot of what he said, has uh, casted him as, you know, some kind of awful misogynist who has an exclusively negative influence on society. And they haven't taken the time to see at all why some people might uh, ascribe to a lot of the things that they've that he said. So, for example, uh, The Guardian in August 2022 um 
they published an article saying, inside the violent misogynistic world of TikTok's new star, Andrew Tate, Tate's views have been described as extreme misogyny by domestic abuse charities capable of radicalizing men and boys to commit harm offline. MSNBC, Andrew Tate's violent misogynistic teachings are seeping into classrooms. Tate's statements validate the followers, these followers' patriarchal belief systems in which men remain heads of households and women are subservient actors who support them. Um they're, you know, attracting the toxic uh, masculinity types to uh, to Islam. Yeah, it's Andrew Tate that is attracting the <laughs> uh, misogynistic types to Islam. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, there's been other uh, other headlines basically saying the same thing. The dangerous philosophy of Andrew Tate, misogynistic influencer Andrew Tate has captured boys' attention, what teachers need to know. And so I think a lot of people, if they've only seen clips like the ones that I played, they've only heard him say things that are true, maybe some things that are a little objectifying towards women, but nothing really terrible. And then they saw the Tucker Carlson interview and they heard about these charges in Romania and they've seen some of the left-wing headlines. It is very easy for me to understand um, how people would think that he is really just a victim of censorship. He's a victim of the system. Look, we've got all of these global elites um, that we know at least a few of them were in cahoots with someone like Jeffrey Epstein. And as far as we know, none of them have been held accountable yet. And yet now they are going after, people would say, someone like Andrew Tate, who is just trying to tell men how to be strong, how to be individuals, how to push back against like corrupt authority and things like that. So if that is your picture, that is your understanding of what's going on, like I get why you would go to bat for Andrew Tate. I get it. And 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 not to mention the fact that um, he is not just saying some things that are true, not some saying some things in like a unique, compelling way, not only that, but his audience of young men, they've been hearing for the past several years that in order for them to be successful, in order for them to be valued, they need to do the exact opposite of being strong. Like they just need to be quiet. They need to be weaker. They need to just sit down and shut up that their voices don't matter, that their strength, that their natural form of even healthy aggression is wrong, that it's simple, that it needs to be subdued. They just need to be more still. They just need to be quieter. They just uh, need to take a back seat and let the women lead for a little while. Like, I think we can all agree it is not a great time in history. It's not a great time in society to be a young man. You're constantly hearing about the toxicity of masculinity and you are being encouraged to feminize yourself so that you can fit in better with society. It's harder and harder to find truly masculine heroes for young men. I mean, when we have a dereliction of duty when it comes to fatherhood, especially in certain communities in the United States, like you could see why someone would look to Andrew Tate and says, finally, someone who doesn't shame me for 
wanting to be strong, someone who doesn't shame me for being attracted to women, someone who doesn't shame me for wanting to be successful or wanting to be disciplined, someone who is willing to give me advice, someone who can sympathize, maybe even empathize with me and then tell me something to do that is not just sit down and shut up. And who someone who talks about the negative impacts of feminism, both on women and men. I can absolutely see why this would be attractive to a lot of men, especially young men who have been demonized so harshly over the past several years. Some would maybe even say several decades when there is a void When other people, when in some cases, I'm certainly not saying all cases, but when in some cases pastors are even too scared to talk about the dangers of feminism, when even church services have become an emotional, feminized experience, when there is a lack of truth-telling, when there is a lack of mentorship and examples for strong, responsible masculinity, someone like Andrew Tate is going to fill the void and people will listen to him. I don't think it's a trick of the algorithms. I don't think that he gamed the system. I think he started saying things that people were interested in hearing and in some cases really wanted and needed to hear. And so you've got Tucker Carlson, who I'm a major fan of. I really, really like Tucker and appreciate all of the truth that Tucker has shared over the past few years. But he posted an interview last week with Andrew Tate, uh, a two-hour interview. You can go watch the whole thing. They start out talking about the charges that he is facing because Andrew Tate is now under house arrest for these charges of sex trafficking, et cetera. And so they start talking about the charges in a very incredulous way. Like basically, can you believe that you're being charged with this stuff? Uh, What exactly are you being charged for? Is there any truth to this. So it was claimed that not a single woman has come forward when it comes to these charges saying that she was a victim. Um, Tucker also said that accusing a man of sex crimes is the fastest way to discredit what he's saying because Tate has said so many true things. Uh, Tucker made the comparison to Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, who was accused of and charged with rape after exposing damaging documents about the U.S. spying on um, its own citizens. And Tate claimed that he is uh, being charged with being the head of an organized criminal group, which is uh, which recruits women to make TikTok videos to steal the money. And then he steals the money from the TikTok views. And so Tucker says, so it's a financial crime. And Tate says it looks that way. Uh, he does say that he was actually charged with human trafficking, forcing girls to work on TikTok against their will, using something called the lover boy method. And so he describes it as, oh, I was just nice to these women. He says that he has never encouraged women or forced women or made women in any way post videos to TikTok for money. He just said he doesn't even know how to make money in that way. Um, He says, if you actually analyze the charges in the overall case against me, they're saying that um, they're saying that uh, my brother and I, by being nice men, convinced girls to have TikTok accounts and to take the money. He does not agree with that. He doesn't think that that's right, that he has never forced women uh, to do anything like that. He's never exploited women in this way. He's never manipulated women in this way. So here is his kind of explanation of what he's being charged with and how he feels about it. 
But force, what does that consist of? Forcing someone to do something, are they accusing you of using violence or? No, they're accusing me, and this thing, they're accusing me of using the lover boy method, coercing them by being nice. And by the way, these charges presumably are public, so... They're public, and this is extremely serious, but if you actually analyze the overall case against me, they're saying that Andrew and his brother, by being nice men, convinced girls to have TikTok accounts and then take the money. And it's very interesting because inside of the entire case file, there's not a single financial transaction to us for money. Okay, so he says that he's not being charged with any violence again they say that there's no there's no women who have come forward to say that they're victims he says that the women who have talked to authorities have said that they're not victims so they talk a lot about being the enemy of the matrix and being against the powers that be because of the true things that he has said um but the fact of the matter is is that andrew tate has admitted to doing a lot of the stuff that he is charged with on tape like he has been very public about the things that he is engaged in. So underneath all of the maybe true things that he has said, all of the things that have attracted men to him, like he has admitted to sexually and emotionally manipulating young women into doing pornography for him and then taking over half of the money that they earn doing that. I don't have I don't know if this is via TikTok, but we do know that he created a webcam service and he convinced women admittedly to work for him by having sex with them, by emotionally manipulating them, saying, you know, we're going to be together. I'm going to be with you, travel for work with me, um, and then convincing them using that method to then work for him and then um, lied to them about how much money they were actually going to earn. So right there, you've got some kind of... Um, you you have manipulation via false pretenses and getting girls to do a form of sex work for money. I mean, that is a form of pimping. So here is actually, though, the Romanian indictment. I won't pretend to be a uh, I won't pretend to be an expert on Romanian law. So I'm not saying whether or not he is guilty of these charges, but we're going to get into playing some of the things that he has actually said. So um the here's this is according to Forbes and they have the indictment defendant Andrew Tate together with defendant Tristan Tate and two female defendants formed an organized criminal group with the purpose of committing in Romania and in U the U.S. and the U.K. human trafficking through actions of recruiting victims carried out by the defendants Andrew and Tristan subsequently under their coordination through actions of sheltering and transporting the victims carried out by involving the defendants uh, with the uh, Luana Radu and uh, Georgia Nagel with the aim of obtaining significant sums of money by forcing the victims to engage in pornographic activities for the production and distribution of pornographic materials using the website OnlyFans for this purpose and by subjecting them to forced labor using the website TikTok, thus fulfilling the uh, constitutive elements of the crime of forming an organized criminal group. Uh, the published indictment leaves out the victim's names, but lists charges of human trafficking from 2016 to 2022, recruiting by deception, transporting the victims from the UK or within the country, providing shelter with the aim of sexually exploiting the victim and forcing the victim to engage in pornographic activities. These actions fulfill the constitutive elements of the crime of human trafficking in continuous form. So Tate says to Tucker, that he is not being accused of violence, that he's only accused of being the of using the lover boy 
method or coercing them. He says coercing them to uh, by being nice. But here's uh, the indictment. He is accused of violence. It says during this time, together with a person named blank, they subjected the victim to physical violence and psychological coercion resulting from actions of intimidation, surveillance and control with the aim of sexually exploiting her fact from the indictment. He is also accused of two acts of rape on the date says the date and a building located in says the location. The defendant, Andrew Tate coerced the victim by exerting physical violence and psychological and verbal pressure intensified by the entire factual context to engage in normal and moral sexual relations. Tate also told Tucker that this is only about TikTok, and he says he's never been involved in TikTok. Um, he says their justification for this is that some girls I know that they have found have TikTok accounts. But here's the what the indictment actually says. The indictment lists the known pornographic site um, uh, OnlyFans uh, forcing her, a victim, to engage in pornographic activities for the production and distribution of pornographic materials. Here's another fact from the indictment. Tristan Tate faces the same charges of forcing the victim to engage in pornographic activities in addition to subjecting one victim to forced labor for 12 hours on TikTok with only a five-minute break. So whether or not those things are true, it is not true that they haven't been charged with violence, that they haven't been charged with other forms of coercion. Um, there are many people out there giving legal analysis. I saw this really great video by a criminal lawyer named Bruce Rivers. He is a criminal lawyer. He has a very popular YouTube channel, and he outlines three things that are needed in sex trafficking charges. Force, fraud, so false pretenses or coercion, threat of harm, or some way to limit movement. And so throughout his video, he is actually reacting. And I can link this video so y'all can watch it for yourself. He reacts to a video that was published by Andrew Tate himself, in which he describes the methods that he uses to get women under false pretenses using fraud to prostitute themselves, to work on webcam and he lies about how much they're getting paid. He lies about what the arrangement um, is going to be. And over and over again, you hear Andrew Tate say that this is about control. You want to control them. You want to make sure that everything is under your control and they know that they could not earn money in this way without you. He's controlling these women through money, sex, information, and manipulation. We don't have time. It would take another hour to go through the entire video that he reacts to, but I will link it for you. So before you say, oh, you're just saying that, that's a false accusation, that's not really true, you can go watch the video. Go watch the video for yourself, and you can see the response that this lawyer has to Andrew Tate's own words. But I will play you some of the clips of Andrew Tate basically admitting to some of the things that he is being charged for and then other things that he's not being charged for he has also talked about. This lawyer that I just mentioned, uh, he calls it self-snitching, that it, basically he snitched on himself over the years. And it doesn't take a lot of digging to find this stuff. Let me pause. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day before we get into some of those things. And that is Eden Pure. So if you want to purify the air that you're breathing, you want to make sure that you've gotten rid of that harmful bacteria, viruses, or just the smells, the mustiness, or whether it's cigarette smoke, diapers, whatever it is in your home that you don't want to be breathing in, you need a good air purifier. 
Eden Pure has really awesome and powerful air purifiers. Their thunderstorm can be plugged right into the wall so you don't see it, you don't hear it. You can even travel with it because it's so lightweight. And these things go for a really high price because they're really high quality. But right now, if you use my code Allie at EdenPureDeals.com, you can save $200 on three thunderstorms. $200 on three thunderstorms for whole home protection. EdenPureDeals.com, code Allie for that discount. EdenPureDeals.com, code Allie. Okay, so here is uh, one thing that he says in a uh, now deleted video from his YouTube channel. Tate explains that the lax laws are 40% of the reason I moved to Romania. Tate said, I'm not an effing rapist, but I like the idea of just being able to do what I want. I like being free. If you're a man living in England or Germany or America or any of the Western world right now, you've decided to live in a country where any woman at any point in the future can destroy your life. And so... Uh, he's talking about how so much credence, and I uh, agree to a degree that too much credence is given immediately without any discernment, without any questions to um, allegations made by women toward men. Like you heard, believe all women, believe all women. And an allegation is enough in the court of public opinion to ruin someone's life, which of course I think is wrong. The Bible actually speaks to that, that someone who makes a false accusation should receive the same punishment um, that the person would have received if that uh, would have received that was accused by the false accuser, if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, he says, and he said earlier, as I, as I pointed out that he, he moved to Romania because yes, it's corrupt, but everyone he says has access to corruption. So here he is several years ago talking on a podcast about his pimpin' hose degree. So yeah, on corporatetape.com, I have my PhD program, and that is a uh, PhD is a uh, pimp and hose degree that I'm um, clever. And that, clever. That, that that teaches basically how I got girls, how I met girls, how I got girls to like me, how I got girls to fall in love with me to work on webcam for me, because that's what I did. That was my my mo was find girls, make them love me, and make them work for me, and that's how I got rich. I was all about trying to get paid. Like my mm -hmm. whole. I used sex as a tool to make women love me so they'd obey me and live in my house and make me money. That, that's what I wanted. So I was a pimp in that sense. Like I was not trying to have sex with women. I was trying to get women to obey me. And I realized that's easier if they like to have sex with me. <laughs> if they don't like having sex with me, it's pretty hard to make them listen to me. So those were from a few different appearances um, in which he talks about not just his pimp and hose degree, but also he's talking about his recruitment process for uh, bringing girls in to work for him. That's the lover boy method. Um, and he calls himself a pimp. And so some of the things in this indictment he has talked about doing, it's not just being nice to women. It is, yes, manipulating them, lying to them in some cases, um, using their you know vulnerability to try to get them to prostitute themselves so he can take money from them. And, you know, I've seen, I said basically that on Twitter and I got some people saying, oh, the girls aren't held accountable. Like they had a choice in this. They made a choice. I'm not saying that these women made didn't make a choice. I'm not saying that they made a good choice. I'm not saying that they had good discernment and wisdom when they decided to pair up with Andrew Tate. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they were making like wise decisions with their life and with their body. But if you listen to if you listen to him 
And if you listen to a lot of the things that he has said, especially in that analysis by the lawyer I was just telling you about, like he made it very difficult for them to really have any other choice. I'm not defending the choices that they made initially or their discernment or whatever. But it's funny how the people who are saying, oh, well, these women had a choice. They had agency. They had autonomy, too. They won't bring themselves to say, though, that what Andrew Tate is did is wrong. Like they really only want to blame the women for their decisions and basically just say that Andrew Tate was a hustler. So why can't you say both? I can say both. Why can't the defenders of Andrew Tate say both? That both choices were wrong, but he used his power and even his physical might, allegedly, um, to keep women in line and to keep women working for him. Uh, He also, so he's talking about uh, recruiting women uh, in this next clip. And he is talking about how he was trying to figure out how he was going to make money. And because he was broke at one point at the beginning of all of this, and he thought about, okay, what assets do I have that I can make money from? And here's the conclusion that he came to. I was on YouTube, like researching, you know, how people make money, what millionaires have, da, 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 and they kept talking about assets. And I was sitting there thinking, what assets do I have? I have a car, I have this, I have that. And then I realized I had about five girlfriends, all smoking hot. And females are an asset. Attractive females are absolutely an asset. And if you disagree with me, walk in the club with 10 blondes and you'll see who the most important guy in the club is. the champagne shows. Okay, so he goes on to say, you didn't get the context in that clip, but he goes on to say how he basically used these women as assets to try to uh, make money by getting them to perform on webcam. So that just shows like what he thinks about women. Uh, They were an asset for him. Like things are typically seen as assets, not human beings. Um, He appears to admit in this next video uh, to having a minor work for him as his top webcam girl. Here he implies that one of his girls, his bottom B-I-T-C-H, has been with him since she was 15 or 16. Um, So she says, he says that she's 21, has been with him for six years. Years, So we're just kind of doing the math on that, but you can take a listen for yourself. You actually have to downplay your relationship with the girl of six years, which is difficult. And I only get away with that because the girl of six years plays along. So Vivian's been with me six years. She's completely head over heels in love with me. She wants kids with me, everything, everything, everything. And we met and we fell, whatever, we're in love. When I bring on new girls, I usually pair them with Vivian. Because Vivian's younger. Melissa's like 28, Vivian's like 21. Vivian's younger. She's more fun, more outgoing. Melissa's really quite... Not in a bad way. She's more homey, boring. Okay. So you heard him say, unless that was some kind of mistake, unless that was a mistake, he said that Vivian, his main girl, is 21. They've been together for six years. So uh, is he talking about past tense? When she started, he was 21. Now, he made another comment. Um, I don't think that we have the clip it doesn't sound it doesn't look like we have the clip in front of me, but uh, I'll I'll link it in the description where he is talking on a podcast and he says, you know, it's common for me in this webcam business to have girls that are 15. I mean, 16. I mean, what's the age of consent in the United States? Oh, 18 working for me. Just take that as what you will take that as what you will. Um, 
He also has made comments about not paying taxes. It's funny because in one of the videos when he's talking about women being an asset and really explaining everything that he uh, that he does and how he manipulates and exploits these women. Uh, he talks about women don't understand taxes. And so you can tell them that you're splitting it 50-50, but you have to take a cut out of their pay in order to pay taxes. And you get them to just sign these fake tax forms that you just throw away. But because you're paid via Bitcoin, you don't even have to pay taxes. So he's talking about women. He said, women don't understand tax. And then he goes to show that he doesn't understand tax because it's not true. You do have to pay taxes, even if it's Bitcoin. And so again, that's false pretense, that's fraud, but it also goes to show how little he thinks of women and then how little he apparently understands about tax himself. He's talked about tax evasion and how he doesn't want to pay taxes. Um, he also says this, this is just like a random bad take. This has nothing to do with, it's not illegal to have bad takes, but just to understand a little bit more about who he is. Um, in December, 2022, he tweeted this, reading books is for losers who are afraid to learn from life. So they try and learn from the life of others they have lived. But if you never really learn unless, but you never really learn unless you lived it, you must feel it to believe it. Books are a total waste of time. Education is for cowards, he says. But then it's funny because in March of this year, he says, I am not allowed computers, but I've requested a typewriter. It is my, it is time to write my book. Are you a loser if you read Andrew Tate's book? That's the question. That's the question. Um, so, I mean, there's so much. There's so much out there that he said that he has admitted to making money off of exploiting women. There are a lot of disturbing montages out there um, where he is obviously uh, acting in a way that is illegal. I've I've uh, talked about some of these montages that you can go look for yourself. There's a lot out there in his own words, as in the words of the lawyer I was talking about. He's a snell, a self snitcher. He has told on himself as many times. And it's just funny how many people defend Andrew Tate saying, oh, it's context. It's his persona. It's a joke. Guys, you don't have to go to bat for him. You can just say there are some things that he said that are true and also say, yeah, but he's also a pimp that doesn't actually live up to any of the values that he says that he has. He's not a traditional man. This is not responsible masculinity. This is not good stewardship of the strength and the resources that you've been given. I mean, this is like the weakest of the weak, like the, the weakest intellectually, the weakest in masculinity, the weakest man, the most inept man in the world can uh, manipulate women into doing sex work for them. Like if you want to do something that actually takes sacrifice, that actually takes diligence, that actually takes discipline, that actually takes real responsibility and real morality and real duty, all of these things that he talks about, then do something that is actually going to make a real positive edifying um, impact rather than something that is destroying. It's destroying the lives of these girls. It's destroying the lives of the men. It's destroying the families that are involved with these men who are, in his words, falling in love with these women. 
and uh, being addicted to the kind of pornography that he's putting out. And he's talked about the destructiveness of pornography. Pornography is ruining men's lives. It's ruining women's lives in a variety of ways. OnlyFans is an exclusively destructive force that encourages sex trafficking and has allowed for sexual violence against children to be monetized on a daily basis through their platform. And Andrew Tate is a part of that. And the very same people who say that they're anti-groomer, who say we should ban porn, who say that sex predators should get the death penalty, all of these people who, by the way, I agree with all of those things, who talk about the dangers of gender ideology, that that is a form of grooming when you push that kind of confusion on kids. It's so strange to me how the people who say that will simultaneously defend Andrew Tate, or they will at least, as I said, have a complex and nuanced respect for him. That they will say, you know, I don't agree with everything, but he's still a victim. He's, Or they'll just focus on the positive things that he said, and they'll ignore the fact that he is admitted to be a literal groomer. It's just strange to me. Why? Like the same week, the same two-week period that we've got Sound of Freedom coming out, and we're talking about the evil of trafficking and the wickedness of selling humans, of buying humans, of purchasing people for sex. Like you've got some of the same people, it seems, claiming that Andrew Tate, who admits to being a pimp, um, is some kind of hero. So uh, there are a few examples of this. You've got someone named Pearl Davis. Pearl. She says, Andrew Tate's only real crime is being too influential. The Matrix won't have it. And she responded to me when I said that he is um, evidence that the right can be as easily manipulated as the left by empty platitudes and virtue signaling, which is what Andrew Tate does. And he emotionally and sexually manipulated girls to make money. She says, oh, come on, Allie. Sexually and emotionally manipulates women as feminists speak. We don't need this on the right. These women made their own choices. Stop blaming the men. She didn't respond to me when I asked her why she uses so many exclamation marks. I don't know if it's she, it's a tick or something like that. And why she can't also at the same time call out the men for their choices. Is that really difficult? Maybe it is difficult for some people. All of us have been gifted our own intellectual capacities. Um, feminists, she said, have expanded the definition of human tracking. I think she means human trafficking, rape, and coercion so much that we are at the point that conservatives are trying to take away accountability from sex workers, conservatives. What? I know so many women that would never do that no matter the price. It's a disservice to us. Again, I don't believe in taking accountability away from people who sell their bodies. I just think that the people who manipulate them and in some cases coerce them to sell their bodies, um, that they should also be held accountable. That's really, I, I think, difficult, I guess, for some people to understand. Um, there is a reporter by the name of Suleiman Ahmed who says it's quite simple. This is a coordinated attack orchestrated by those in power. It's not a conspiracy theory. Uh, he says, when we began posting about a Muslim Christian alliance against LGBTQ in schools, a few days later, there's a coordinated attack aimed at discrediting this idea, ensuring there is no unity. I guess he's talking about the fact that um, 
you know, he's you know, Andrew Tate's Muslim, so it's all a part of that. Uh, Alex Jones came to Tate's defense after his arrest, saying that the charges against Tate are completely, absolutely, totally made up, that Tate is well known for being neurotic about not breaking the law. Hmm. Again, he self-snitched a lot. Uh, Ryan Fournier says, Andrew Tate was arrested for human trafficking. Really? After all the BS we've seen this year, do you really think this is true? Um, there's a fan account, Tate News. I'm not sure who is uh, who who runs it. Andrew Tate, right, as always, there's no influencer other than Andrew Tate that is genuinely benefiting our lives. Free Top G. There are several, several other conservatives that you would know that have said things in defense of Andrew Tate, who have accused people like me and others who criticize him of being some kind of left-wing feminist, which, of course, is absurd. Like, do you have to be a left-wing feminist to say that, oh, maybe maybe the things that he stands for, like, they're not something that a Christian conservative should ever support or defend in any way? Like, this it really shouldn't be that difficult or that complicated, but apparently it is. Apparently, we're so tribalistic and we're so deluded and we're so absolutely just mush-brained that we can't just say, oh, I think that probably the things that he has said don't align with my values, even though he has said some things that are true. He obviously doesn't live up to the standards that he apparently is setting for other men, so we should just view him as someone who is... Um, discredited. I don't know. I, I guess that's I, it's just difficult. It's just difficult. Not that any of us, including myself, is perfect and like discernment and wisdom and understanding people's character and like their goods and their bads. I'm not saying that, but it's pretty obvious when it comes to Andrew Tate how much he has admitted to trying to ruin people's lives through exploiting women. Um, okay, so what is the what should the, what's the alternative then? Like, what's the Christian response to Andrew Tate? Um, because Andrew Tate, he bills himself as a man of God, as a man of responsibility. I already said there has been, I think, a dereliction of duty in some cases um, by the church to talk about, like, what real masculinity looks like. And you've got a whole movement within the evangelical church trying to say that men in power or men being the heads of families or men being the heads of churches has led to abuse. And so the answer to that is to try to minimize the influence or even feminize the influence of masculinity and men in the church, which is obviously not the answer either. And so I think young men are looking for truth, and they are looking for purpose. And so they're looking to someone who claims to have these things like Andrew Tate. But look, Andrew Tate is a scumbag. Following Andrew Tate, young men, is not going to lead to satisfaction. Not only if you do the things that he is admitted to doing, will you probably get charged and end up in prison, but you're not going to find yourself with a satisfying relationship. You're not going to find yourself in a healthy, happy marriage. You're not going to find yourself with a lot of self-respect. You're not going to find yourself with the kind of discipline that actually leads to any kind of fulfilling life. You are going to find yourself with all of these empty treasures, with all of these um, vapid goals that maybe you reach and you're going to realize that you're just as lonely, you're just as empty uh, as you were before. 
you're going to find that the answers that Andrew Tate is trying to give you for your problems, that it's going to lead to just as much dissatisfaction, just as much self-loathing as what you are hearing from the left who says that all of your masculinity is toxic. Look, both messages are wrong. He has given you a false idea of what it means to be strong, of what it means to be responsible, of what it really means to be a man. I promise if you pursue this, it will end up in a dead end. And the Bible talks about people like Andrew Tate and the messages that he conveys about sex, about women, about personal gain, about influence, about riches, about success, about really the God of self, because that is who Andrew Tate worships. He worships like so many in our society, right and left, the God of self rather than the God of scripture. The God of self, whatever form it manifests itself in, whether it's in this hyper-masculinity or whether it's in this emasculation that we see, especially through gender ideology and some forms of feminism, like it's always going to lead to destruction no matter what. The devil is crafty can take on many forms to appeal to all different kinds of people. The destination is the same place. Um, so I just want to, I just want to read, like there's so much that I could say, but just let me read what I think scripture has to say about these kinds of messages. Let me pause. I'll tell you about our last sponsor for the day before we get into that. Um, and that is NetSuite. So if you are a business owner, you need to check out NetSuite. It gives you the visibility and control that you need to make better decisions faster. For the first time in NetSuite's successful 25 years as uh, the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. No payment, no interest for six months. You can take advantage of this special financing offer today. NetSuite is number one because they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place to reduce manual processes, boost, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity across every department. More than 36,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite so that they can gain visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing that suite up to make the switch, you know that this deal is unprecedented. Take advantage of the special financing offer at netsuite.com slash alley, netsuite.com slash alley to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm, netsuite.com slash alley. Okay. So I want to read you from second Peter two, second Peter two. Now second Peter two is talking about false prophets and false teachers. And typically, uh, when we're talking about false prophets, we are talking about within the Christian church, those who claim to be Christians, who claim to be proclaiming the gospel, but then they're teaching something that is not aligned with scripture, that is not in alignment with what Jesus taught, and it's leading people astray. It's leading people to destruction. Now, Andrew Tate doesn't claim to be a Christian. And so he's not claiming, he, I mean, he's a Muslim, so he's not claiming to be a Christian prophet, but in a lot of ways, he is claiming to be a prophet, maybe not explicitly, um, but he is claiming to basically have access to and the unique ability to communicate higher truths that if you access them yourself, if you accept them yourself and apply them to your life, like you will be in a way saved. You will at the very least be successful. You will step outside of this socially induced incarceration that he talks about. But Second Peter 2 talks about the danger of false prophets. And again, even though Andrew Tate is not 
an espousing Christian prophet, a professing Christian prophet, I still think these principles absolutely apply because he is also leading people to destruction in the name of truth. Second Peter 2, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep." But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime, their blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. So again, there's a distinction through what's being talked about here, people who profess to be Christians who are preaching something that is not true. But he does profess to be a man of God. He does profess to have wisdom from God, to have favor from God, and to be telling you liberating truth that if you apply and have access to, you will be free and satisfied and fulfilled. And it leads to destruction. Um, oh, there's more on this. There's more on this, actually. I thought that I was done reading that chapter, but this is also applicable. These are waterless springs. That's good. These are waterless springs and mist driven by a storm. For, for them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the last state, and, and overcome the last state has become worse for them than the first, for it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them, the dog returns to its own vomit, and after the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. I mean, you will remember that Andrew Tate says that he was raised a Christian. Um, there's more on this that I would say to young men or just young people, or in particular professing Christians who are tempted to buy into Tate's argument. First John 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's convicting for all of us. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh— and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Now, Andrew Tate tweeted um, a, a, a verse in which Jesus says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that they hated me first, except uh, that verse is not talking about Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate doesn't follow Christ. He is not hated because he is following Christ. He's not being persecuted because he is a follower of God. Matthew 5, 27 through 29. You have 
heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. Um, There's a lot more that I could read. Let me read you one more. And then we'll be done. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. There's Ephesians 5, 25 through 28. There's also Ephesians 5, 1 through 16. There's 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8 that all speak against all of the practices that people like Andrew Tate has put into place. And then so I would just warn you, Christian, I would urge you, Christian, to Look to Christ. If you don't find any worldly models, if you don't find any or uh, any models in the world or in society or where you're looking, if you can't find a godly mentor, at the very least, look to Christ. Yes, people in the church, people in the conservative movement, people in the places that you exist will fail you. They will fail to live up to being a good mentor. They will fail at being good examples of masculinity and of strength and of responsibility. Look to Christ. Look to his word. I promise you the way of Andrew Tate leads to hell. It leads to destruction. It leads to unhappiness. It leads to exploitation. It leads to dissatisfaction. It is just as far away from what is good and right and beautiful and true as any form of secular, sinful leftism. I don't know if he is guilty of all of the Romanian charges. I hope that justice prevails in his favor if those charges are not proven. But that does not mean that we need to defend him. That's where our defense is limited. Beyond that, he says things about masculinity. He says things that are true that he doesn't himself live up to. And thankfully, we have a standard bearer. We have Christ. We have the word made flesh. We have the written word. Like we have something better. The gospel is better. Christianity is better. God's prescription for masculinity, for success, for satisfaction found in Christ, which is a form of dying to yourself, is better. It's better than the pride and the lust and the fleshliness that is given by someone like Andrew Tate. Um, All right. That's all I have time for today. Long There's a lot of information. We'll get to the woman stuff at some point, but I just wanted to get through all that. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back here tomorrow. 